0: Coming to you from my quarantine bubble in Burbank, California, this is the Film Versus Film Podcast. My name is Quinn Boys. I have Born to Lose tattooed on my chest. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, three-time, back-to-back-to-back-and-reigning podcast champion. Everyone knows he's got one leg and the motherfucker grabbed the wrong one, Leonard Smith Jr. What's up, man?
1: Hey, oh man, I really like that intro. I like that. You I like that um yeah man everybody in town know i got one goddamn leg and you gonna grab the wrong one that's disrespectful where is my money um luckily we don't bet on this or quinn would owe me a lot of money um as i am the rating back to back to back champion if you did not know Um, we we
0: don't bet but i do still feel like i've paid (laughs) oh yes you have paid for sure
1: i have also paid surprisingly (laughs) yeah um But uh, today we got a very fun episode. Um, and, you know, usually um, our guest gives us this prompt. And if you've been listening, I've been wanting to do a heist episode. And, and I threw this uh, to our guests, and they were like, let's do it. And uh, today we have on the hilarious actor, comedian, improviser, all around funny man, Sean Will. Boom. What's going on, fellas?
2: Yes. (laughs) Hey, Sean. Thank you for joining, man. Look, I'm not going to lie. I am excited AF for this episode, man, because I like I I love a good heist movie, Um, you know, mainly because I'm scary as shit. So me (laughs) trying to uh, to to do any of this like I could watch Indiana Jones, right? Like the dude's hanging off a tank and off the side of a cliff. And he still makes it. Like, for whatever reason, I can do that because there's an element of fantastic, fantastical element to it, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll make it. I'll be fine. You know, looking for the Holy Grail, I'll be all right. The (laughs) cave can come down, I'll still make it. Nah, man. Heist movies feel too real, man. Like, (laughs) you go into a Wells Fargo, and I'd be like, Nah, man. Like, let me give me all the money. Run it up. Run it up. And then somebody might recognize me because I'm tall and lanky. So it'd be like, is that Sean? Is that a gap in his teeth? <laughs> that is Sean. Oh man, come on, Sean. They taking uh, photos and selfies and stuff. <laughs> now we in trouble. Now they knocking on Leonard's so door. So you were just you were just
1: disconnected through both of these movies, just thinking about how you would get caught. <laughs> the entire film is is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> I would get caught, like because I like literally, like I would be dumb enough to like as soon as I rob it. Go out and grab something to eat, like Takaya or something, right? Just send down. <laughs> and then somebody walks up and they're like, oh man, you still got your mask. And I'm like, oh shit, that's right. So then I gotta take off the mask. Now they're gonna hit up Leonard, and be like, "Hey man, this guy works. He he does uh, improv with you. Now we gotta hit you up. Now you an accomplice, Leonard Quinn. Now that we talked today, now you accomplice, Quinn. I'm an accomplice <laughs> because not, not yet. You are now <laughs> to to the robbery. And I'm just saying, look at that. It's a tangle web we just way, weaved right now, man. You just because asked like me well,
0: to put that duffel bag in my oven. I didn't I didn't look inside hey, it. I didn't hey, know hey. what it was. I don't see why I should be an accomplice. Um, I like that right you know now. this about yourself, Sean. But you also. Like you have the four the wherewithal to be like, I'd probably then hit up a taqueria and still be wearing my Richard Nixon mask, but you don't you don't think that you'd be able to change those habits if you were to do it. You'd be like, nah, that's just gonna be how I roll. I
1: am who
2: I am. I am, who I am. <laughs> when I'm hungry, I don't think right, but yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that is um for sure a concern when you're committing a heist and obviously are gonna be plot points in a heist movie. Um mm-hmm. we we have concerns in both our movies. Uh, like I said, I was very excited to do a heist movie, mainly because this was one of my favorite movies as a kid, and I wanted to do it, and I wanted to talk about it, and then I wanted Quinn to watch it because I'm sure mm-hmm. he had not seen it. Mm-hmm. So I'll go ahead and, and reveal my thing right now. Uh, as me and Brian Simpson said uh, in the season opener, it's a black heist movie. Um, oh. Brian, if I don't know if you guys heard, but in the episode, Brian said me and him should write a black heist movie together. And I haven't emailed him because... I'm afraid he'll just turn me down, but hey, we'll see. I don't know if he was just talking because he's on the podcast, but I would love to write a black heist movie. Um, anyways, my black heist so movie is uh, Dead Dead Presidents. Ooh. He also told
0: me he'd do a white buddy cop movie, and I haven't even asked him about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> a black white buddy cop movie. I'm sorry, Leonard. I stepped on you. You got it. No, no,
1: no. You had to get that joke in. It was it was a good joke. Um, Dead Presidents. It's a 1995 uh, film. It is uh, directed by uh, Albert Hughes and Alan Hughes. I'm guessing
0: they're brothers. The Hughes brothers. brothers That's yeah. how they're known. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that, that was how they're, they're credited like in uh, Menace to Society and stuff. Yeah. The oh, Book cool. of Eli.
2: Yeah, the the, the, the Hughes brothers. Ooh, yep. The
1: Book of Eli was kind of dis... Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: it's starring Lorenz Tate, Keith yeah.
1: David, Chris Tucker, uh, nabushi Wright, Freddie Rodriguez, Bo Keem, uh, Woodbine. Uh, this is... This is... It is... The trailer, the cover, it's all about the heist. The mm-hmm. the I've been I've done this as Halloween, the the white face, black eyes, black cap, all black look. Mm-hmm. Um it is very um I feel like known at least in black culture and pop culture, it's like you know what that is when you see it. Exactly. That. Yep. And um it is like the last thirty minutes of the movie, <laughs> but this movie is a lot of yeah. movies. This movie is a coming <laughs> of age movie, <laughs> yes, it's a yes. war movie. It's a heist
2: movie, yes, um and every every single black actor and actress that was is, working is, in the nineties is in was this, like in this movie, movie. right yes, yeah it's everyone.
1: Like, right, this is, and that's what I appreciate about these black films. It's like, all right, someone wrote a really a good script, and it's mm-hmm. like, all right, this is a script that this could be a white movie, you know, mm-hmm. this could be, all these people could easily be white people yep. um from the script that it's written, you know. I mean, obviously, there are injustices and stuff of being black in the 70s. It's set in the 70s, uh, late 60s, early 70s. And we are following Lorenz Tate's character. I can't remember his name right now. I have to look it up. That's a shame. Uh, I forgot his name. I know, right? That's right. Anthony. Anthony. And uh, he is graduating high school. He is from a uh, a middle class family. They're pretty... Mm -hmm. uh, well-to-do family his brother's an accountant and his family is expecting him to go to college but he wants to follow in his father's footsteps and join the marines right and his mother is unhappy about it obviously he has a high school sweetheart they have sex their their uh their senior year before graduation and leaving he gets her pregnant finds out that she's pregnant he's going to uh Vietnam. He's going to Vietnam and he is in the Vietnam War. He's in the trenches. He's a part of a recon unit. They are in the nitty gritty doing real shit. And, uh, you know, there's obviously things that happen to you and change you as a person and the disconnect he needs to have to stay alive out there. So there's that whole aspect and uh, dealing with other people who are in the army and we meet a cast of characters throughout from his high school and through the army experience. It's kind of like a way The story, what I appreciate about this is, like, the story is, like, this is how all these people got connected and how they all came together and why they're doing it. Right. um, And uh, we get back, you know, from the Vietnam War. He's not making any money. Nobody wants to offer him a job. He does get a job, but it's not really that much. He has to deal with the issues of disconnecting his daughter, the, the relationship of his His baby's mother, who was also who had to be at home by herself uh, while he was at war. And it leads to him trying to needing money and committing this heist. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, obviously things happen. Usually things go wrong. Things go right. And uh, we know how in heist movies in Hollywood, the bad guy can never win. So. Oh, no, no. uh, We know how it's usually going to end. But it's a really cool movie. It's a movie that I don't know, like a lot of black actors wouldn't be able to have like roles like this uh, at the time. So it was a a really dope movie and it was a a movie I've loved since I was a kid.
2: And now another great thing about that movie, if I can just uh, interject real quick. um, The Hughes Brothers was coming right off of Menace to Society, right? Which is a classic, right? Uh, I mean, Boys in the Hood, um, then you think Menace to Society, which kind of... Took that concept and 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 even went further into it. Really showed you uh, life in a, in a, in Los Angeles, and so for their um, for their follow up, for them to do a, a, a period heist uh, or a period piece like in the seventies, um, they had the budget. They had all these wonderful actors. Like they obviously had Keith David in mind for this role. They obviously had uh, you know a young Terrence Howard in mind. And for them to not play the same type of quintessential stereotypes that you would have seen back in the '90s, if you come from like a minstrel society and then you see something like Dead Presidents, where it, it's it's a really good it's film, a, like you said, it's, that an, everyday been, He's it's an, everyday an everyday man. He's an everyday man who yeah. just happens to be black, and and this entire cast just happens to be black. So I I I think it's tremendous what the Hughes brothers tried to do, or what they did do with this uh with this film and with this casting and putting it together and. Yeah, like in black circles, this movie is an absolute classic. It is iconic. So, yeah.
1: Well, we're facing another. This is um, uh, iconic, but we're two iconic movies. Uh, Not Mm -hmm. everyone would say this, but I'm for sure everyone would say that Quinn's pick is an iconic pick. What was your pick, Quinn?
0: So I chose a film also from 1995. uh, Also featuring a deep... Ensemble cast, uh, mostly white actors, although there's some good uh, Dennis Haysbert. I forgot Dennis Haysbert is in this movie. There's some, there's some, some talent all across the, the board in this movie. I'm talking about Michael Mann's Heat, uh, the Woo. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Cat and Mouse uh, heist film. Uh, two hours and 50 minutes of just th- th- like... Thanks, Quinn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I, yeah. You know what? But Leonard, you usually get, take your picks and you're like, I'm going to educate Quinn a little bit. I'm going to give him a movie that his sheltered white ass probably did not see growing up. <laughs> and when I found out you hadn't seen Heat, I was like, I got to I gotta pick Heat, Leonard. You got to see Heat. And yeah. it, this is a I movie... I was very
1: appreciative. I was very appreciative of this pick.
0: I know you You reach out to me and you're like, damn, this, this movie's pretty good. Because sometimes Leonard gets a little... Chippy, uh, you know, oh. with the picks, and he's like, ah, you know, why'd you make me watch this movie? Especially if it's long. But you were like, <laughs> you're like, this movie. Right. Uh, but this, this movie is about Al Pacino, who plays Lieutenant Vincent Hanna. He, uh, he looks for, you know, the big. He, it's another. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, did we talk about uh, uh, Dead Presidents set in the Bronx? Leonard, you referenced my Yankees hat. That's, uh, yes. that's the Bronx, the boys in the Bronx. Um, mm-hmm. But Heat is a quintessential LA movie.
2: Uh, yes, it is. It is
0: shot, lovingly shot throughout L.A. in a way that kind of only Michael Mann can. Uh, it stars Al Pacino, as I said about the, the, the bank robbing, bank robber hunting LAPD detective. Uh, and then he is chasing Neil McCauley, played by Robert De Niro who, I mean, Robert Dino, there's so many good lines in this movie. What does he say? It's oh, like, my don't, God. don't have anything in your life that you can't pack up in 30 seconds when seconds. you feel the heat coming around the corner. Like, yep. he plays a loner. He's not, a, he's not lonely, but he is alone. Uh, and he's, you know, pulling off this big heist. Pacino's on his tail. What I love about the movie, uh, I mean, that's basically it's – it's a long-ass movie. There's a ton of subplots. Natalie Portman plays his daughter. She can't find her barrettes. So there's all sorts of stuff going on in this movie. <laughs> but really, it boils down to that. Val Kilmer's got a ponytail. Uh, but like, oh, He's
2: rocking that ponytail fresh off of Batman Forever. Peak he's like 90s Val it. Kilmer, yeah. Like uh, Jim
0: Morrison, Bruce Wayne, sexy Val Kilmer with the, <laughs> the <laughs> blonde <laughs> white boy ponytail that works. It works. Yep. Um, but this Ashley movie is Judd just, is in this movie too. Ashley yeah. Judd, Tom Sizemore. Uh, I was, mm, yeah, I mean, I was, I was about, about to say Tom Sizemore, man. Uh, who? Who? Tom I, Sizemore
1: I, had a nice little run there in the '90s with the with the you know. Uh, yes, he did. The Reservoir Dogs and this mm-hmm. and like he was just like in all those like classic.
0: Ted Levine movies. Ted Levine who plays uh who plays Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs is uh yeah. Bosco in this movie yeah. the dude that they try to kill outside the diner who then Wangro Wangro oh. yeah.
1: He's Wangro Oh
0: I then, forgot
1: uh, yeah Oh no Ted Levine is the cop my bad Kevin Gates. No wait yeah you
0: know what do I have the wrong guys the wrong anyway That's why. Right. Uh, no right. no Ted, Ted
1: Levine is Bosco Ted Levine is the cop yeah. Danny I mean, Trejo's in is... this I didn't Danny even know Trejo that, like...
0: Anyway um, it's it's, a, it's an incredible cast I'd say the whole um... movie is like built around the the kind of, like, parallel sides. They're two very similar guys, De Niro and Pacino. It was a very significant movie at the time because despite being in The Godfather Part Two together, these are kind of the two titan actors of their generation. They both came mm-hmm. up in the 70s. They are in The Godfather Part Two together. They are not ever in the same scene because De Niro is playing a young Vito Corleone. And so that scene, halfway through, I think it's, like, the exact midpoint of the movie, basically, uh, where... They sit down at a diner together and they just talk. Is like one of the best uh, okay scenes and from like, the nineties. I mean, it's a yes. great scene. I yes. have seen
1: clips of that scene before I ever seen the movie, mm-hmm. and like now it just makes it so like so much better. Like mm-hmm. while actually watching the movie, and it was just funny. They like were making this movie, and it's like there. Like no world is like the cop, like the the person he's chasing, really going to sit in a room if they're like someone isn't under arrest. You know what I'm saying? Right, and they just had to write this in the script. They were like we have to have this scene. They like I don't know if it was originally in the script before the casting or right. or if they were just like no, we have to they have to be on a a, in a scene together on the screen right. at the same time. Like I
2: Almost feel like you like you said like maybe because remember he penned the script. Uh Michael Mann this was a script that he wrote yep. uh, back in 79 I think and was trying to uh pitch it for a while until uh he finally got the reins uh, to direct. And so he pitched it to De Niro, who pitched it to Pacino. And pretty much, if you remember the promotion for this movie, it was literally like that coffee shop scene. Like it was like these two Titans are actually in the same scene together. Like you're watching a two, almost a three hour movie, a three hour beautiful freaking masterpiece And when you get to that six-minute scene of them just sitting in a coffee shop going back and forth, these two alpha males, like, sizing each other up, saying, hey, I respect you, but also, (laughs) I might have to kill you. I'll
0: have to put you you down. If I see you, I'm going to have to put you down, which is very... It's amazing,
2: yeah. You're just watching this, and like you said, like, nowadays, you don't have things like that anymore. Like, there's the movie star aura that you used to have back then, like with uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger and these two titans selling the movie, that six-minute that six scene sold everybody on heat. And then once they went in and saw the movie, it's like, oh, shit, this is a good movie. You mm-hmm. don't have that anymore. Now, now everything is characters. Now everything is like, oh, yeah, I want to see Spider-Man. or I want to see... You can interchange that. You cannot interchange De Niro and Pacino. Yeah, the modern-day
0: equivalent would probably be Jason Momoa's Aquaman sitting down in a diner with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. <laughs> They're like, yeah. I'm going to have to web you if I see you in the <laughs> Well,
1: that's what I was going to say, too. Like The lore isn't the same, I feel, because now studios are like, no, we're putting all the biggest actors in the same movie. Like, right. It's like, all right, nope, nope, we have to team these combination of actors up a- yep. and see what happens. Um, exactly.
0: I okay, get it. Well, I get it. It's so. I mean, I'm yeah. gonna
1: tell you, man. It was my first time experiencing heat. And yeah, I
0: want to know what you thought about that, Leonard. It know. was.
1: It was. Uh, it was damn good, man. Like even like the setup of the first heist was cool as fuck. Like just opening with the heist, like instantly. Um, that motherfucker. You as soon as that motherfucker came, I was like, give me another coffee. I was like, this dude's a piece of shit. Like I, you just instantly knew. He was a piece of shit, and uh, just the little details, the slick detail, um, and it was like, oh, this motherfucker is a wild card. He's going to shoot this dude. There's no reason for him to shoot this dude, and I thought he was going to get killed. I had to get it and on, I,
0: man. I had to get it on.
1: Yeah. It was It was like, all right, well, the, it was so obvious because it was like, all right, this crew is a very clean crew. This is a very like well-put-together crew. They're going to kill this dude. They don't want any fucking loose ends, right? and then he gets away, and I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, that gonna was kind of like, oh, wait, that's not going to come back to haunt them for another two hours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe they'll um, forget in this. Time. The least trustworthy little...
0: looking motherfucker of all time. And you let him get away. <laughs> right.
1: I was a little confused by some of the subplots, mm-hmm. um, like the fact that the dude was a serial killer that only killed black girls. That was a little random. It was just like another reason for you to hate him.
2: Right. But it yep.
1: necessarily didn't really play that well into the storyline. I don't know, of the overall movie. Maybe there was more, and it was just like got left on the cutting room floor because there was a lot going on. Good lord, but, there um, was
2: more.
0: Yeah, I mean, but we didn't even did we even told, mention Natalie Portman's in this movie. Like Natalie Portman. Yeah, oh yeah, we did I, her barrettes, right? But like I, she, I was, she like that whole subplot is <laughs> extraneous. Exactly. So um, extreme. I yeah. will say
1: this. My roommate told me, uh, who's been on the pod, Austin Cress, uh, told me that apparently the entire film, Al Pacino's character Vince is coked up. Yeah, like, I heard that he's doing coke. They're like they shot scenes of him like doing coke before, like doing like all the time, and it got cut from the movie. Do you think so that's that, the that, case?
0: Or do you think Al Pacino's people have put that out in the streets to to come up with some explanation for why he is so constantly ass. at 11 in this movie? I <laughs> he is,
1: know. Kind of he's he insane in that. this movie. I kind of wish he didn't tell me that. But I like the way fucking Pacino played it, man. Who? I think that dude is – Who? Would be an insane what are you, a fucking owl?
0: He's got who? so many, like, fucking crazy lines of this. And his man. eyes is just like, who?
1: Yeah, who? He's at the junkyard. Yeah. Uh when he's at the jungle the guy, he, he was very unhinged in that scene. That was Right. So like uh, Hawking,
0: oh. he's like chomping gum a lot. Like he does have a lot of kind of cokey tendencies in exactly. this movie. But, but
2: then um, again, but it's Pacino. So like think about it. Like if you watch Devil's Advocate or if you watch like uh Scent of a Woman. Know, Scent of a woman, House of Gucci like, I have never seen Scent of a Woman. Oh
1: that's where woman. the Devil,
0: famous hoo comes from. I don't even right. know.
1: Like I was talking about this. With my girlfriend about, my mom only had like dramas and like thrillers, and she knows in a
0: lot of uh, dramas and thrillers. By the way, (laughs) where where are you going with this? Well, no, no, like
1: all my favorite movies, kids were like, I like, I'm like. 12 years old And like My favorite movie Was like Devil's Advocate It's like What (laughs) At 12 Yes I love that movie As a kid (laughs) It's a good movie Sean have you
0: heard The story about Leonard finding Um what was it? What was the Working title? Working girl. Working girl in his, in a VHS in a drawer of his mom's room and thinking it was porn and he put it on. No, it wasn't. Oh my god, it was,
1: please.
2: No, it was what? a part of
1: all the tapes, but it was like Leonard, tell the was, story. It was it was a <laughs> so my mom had a bunch of cassettes. My mom collect, had a cassette collection. She had yeah,
0: everybody's mom movies. in the nineties had right. like stuff they yes. tape from the yeah. Exactly. Yeah, That's I I not the weird part of the story.
1: <laughs> my mom had like my mom had like fifty, sixty movies. I had like four of them. And but I was looking through the movies uh-huh. and i saw this tape and it wasn't an official tape it was just a dubbed over tape in the in the sleeve and it said it had working girl written on it and i was like i was like maybe 14
3: 13 uh-huh. 14
0: i was like hmm come on man i gotta get think? it on man i <laughs> gotta get gotta it be, on there's gotta, gotta, be, gotta this,
1: gotta this has it. gotta be something i guess and this. even if it is a movie there's gonna be nudity in it but i thought it was gonna be like a porno or something. Maybe why would, you want, maybe. <laughs> why would exactly. you want your mom's
0: porn?
2: Exactly. Why would you want to watch porn
1: the, uh... is porn? Okay. Oh, my God. Disconnect. It's not my mom's. porn. If, if I turn it on and my mom was on tape. I'm. That's no, no. Hey. That's not hey, what anyone's whoa, We're whoa, just saying no. if it's
0: porn that your mom would be into, <laughs> why do you think you would be into it?
2: Bro, y'all Once talked again, about porn is porn. Oh, my God. Y'all talked so about, oh, boy, I the last podcast. We got to stay away from this. <laughs>
1: I thought I was going to watch this. And get off But instead, <laughs> I became Enlightened I'm just imagining woman's plight And it's a great movie Working you Girl You could I have seen this girl. movie 25 years ago my, If your mom had a mom VHS a Labeled
0: movie. Heat And you'd be like Ooh Heat Ooh, <laughs> Ooh Heat
2: Oh, I gotta check this out Ooh <laughs> It was funny It was probably more nudity in devil's advocate Than whatever you were Probably watching man 100% I know
1: that When I chose Working Girl for, uh, <laughs> Blow my Up Quinn was very shocked And I was like Hey man <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was shocked and then I heard that story and I was more shocked. Uh but thank That's you for hilarious. telling it again. I feel like Sean but needs I will to know say the story.
1: I I will say this. I managed to
2: get off to working girl. So oh I, god. I, oh, come on Leonard. Jesus man. <laughs> Nothing's hornier to Leonard
0: than female empowerment. Um I see. <laughs> you goddamn I know, man.
2: right?
1: Working girl.
0: Uh well, but, um, I, Oh. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's kind of hard to segue from that. Well, I, I got one, Leonard. We both,
0: uh, and actually, Sean. I'm curious. Are you a big Batman guy? Leonard and I are big Batman fans. Yes. Do you? Are you a, very? What's? Do you have a particular era that you gravitate towards? Uh, more or Batman, than like, I guess.
2: Oh, uh, honestly, a lot of people would like to say either Keaton or uh, or the Christopher Nolan one. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the animated series. Like that. Oh hell that, yeah! That's I like my that. Batman. Not trying yeah. to be funny, but. That's that's the Batman I know. The style. Mark Hamill's Joker
0: is still the goat, I think. The goat
2: and uh, Kevin Conroy is Batman. Like to me, because uh, also it translates to like when you watch the the animated stuff, like the DC animated movies that they have now, and they use the same kind of voice actors. Mm-hmm. Them shits go hard, man. Like they're they're violent. Um, they're they're accurate in their portrayals of like Batman and and like you said, Aquaman and and all these characters. So I would say the animated one, but. Um, If if I want to say live action, still the go to me is the Dark Knight and the Batman is like right behind it, like right, right behind it. I
0: me. think Leonard and I, at least for the movies, land in the same place, although always happy to have a shout out to the 1992 Batman animated series. Everyone should check that out. But Leonard, is the mm-hmm. Dark Knight still your favorite Batman movie? Did the, did the Batman displace it or?
1: Fuck, man. Mm. I am also going to say I grew up on the animated Batman series I mm-hmm. watched so mm-hmm. much of the animated Batman series as a kid and I haven't watched it in so long and you know what I think I'm gonna HBO check Max it out. it's HBO I know Max. on HBO Max and Ooh, I thought about it and I haven't I watched watch it and you know what now I am gonna watch it uh just to, for nostalgia purposes I'm not really a big nostalgia guy reflection guy that's not my thing um <laughs> that's but, why we do
0: podcasts about movies from our childhood <laughs> exactly. I know right <laughs> yeah. well I bring um, it up for a specific reason apparently I will bring this up I will say this oh, okay
1: I saw Dark Knight in theaters three times. A big Dark Knight, Dark Knight guy. I Same. didn't know anything about Heath Ledger, but I was sad when he died. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know right. much about him. Uh, still, still a big bummer. The Batman was fucking great. Yes. It was so damn good. You know me. I'm not really into the big fake superhero, say, fake action movie genre uh, mm-hmm. or stylized film. And I really liked the grittiness of it. I really liked it. just felt genuine. It really felt like mm-hmm. some rich, some rich d- depressed nigga was like, fuck it. I'm going to suit up. Let's see what the fuck happens. Like, I'm, I'm cleaning <laughs> up the streets. Yep. And the Riddler, the whole the incel field with the 500 followers. Yeah. And he had his whole community. But, <laughs> but a dedicated follower show. base. But, but, Very but only de- yeah, they were dedicated, right? But only a hundred of them motherfuckers showed up to Gotham Stadium. There only were 100, 100 that's a pretty good like success there rate. There were not five hundred people in those goddamn Raptors. I'll say that. And they sure. were all white. So I was like, "Go ahead and give them the Academy Award."
2: Now. Well, they couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't. They they couldn't uh, bring any black ones in because like we can't swim, and they flooded up uh, <laughs> they Gotham. So we <laughs> ain't gonna go swimming. <laughs> like, no nah, Maybe the
1: others were blowing up the. They set up the bombs. I don't know. Maybe but, some. Um, <laughs> I will. I don't know. Oh, spoiler alert! To those I don't who know seen if. It. It. I mean, there is a heist aspect to it, mm-hmm. the beginning of, of uh, the Dark Knight. I, I don't well, want to be a prisoner of the moment and say that it's better than Dark Knight. Well, that's so what I was going to say. Dark the
0: Knight. Dark Knight, apparently, Christopher Nolan, before they started shooting, and I think for Batman Begins, he did the same thing with the movie Blade Runner, just to kind of like impart a feel and a tone that he wanted to, collect, to capture for the movie. Uh, apparently, before they started shooting the Dark Knight, he, he had all the cast and crew come together, and he showed them heat. And he's like, that's what we're trying to do here. And Ooh. if you watch The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight is similarly like. That movie is propulsive and there's just so much yes. shit going on. Yeah. And there's so many different like subplots plot points. from there's like, like the guy so who truth. like figures out that's the thing so and he's going to go on TV and reveal Batman. Like, There's all those little different plots. Um, obviously, mm. it's not the same movie, but you can definitely get the feel of heat uh, with The Dark Knight. Um, so uh, And so I think that's a, an interesting takeaway, Leonard, for someone. We've talked about how much we both like The Dark Knight. Um, and I had two. I watched The Dark Knight before I ever saw Heat. Um, I didn't see Heat until I was in my twenties for the first time. But um, mm. but like seeing it, I was like, oh yeah, I get it. There's definitely like a Michael Mann, and that goes in. For I, I want to get back to talking about dead presidents, but before we transition back like that that shootout scene that kind of final heist oh. where they they take the bank and then they're just having a shootout in broad daylight on the streets of la with the cops and the the bang from the guns like yes he he sent those guys to like weapons training and i guess like some of the people that coached them are like val kilmer like learned how to like drop his cartridge and reload like in one sort of thing like these guys were you know they're not real guns but they're like doing that right. shit and i feel like you can tell with the with the uh With the sound, and it just feels very kinetic. And and Sean, it sounds like you did not watch this movie for the first time for this podcast. So, I mean, like, had you seen it in a while? Or or what were your take on stuff like? Scenes like that and just, I guess, the movie in general.
2: Yeah, no, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, Similar to you, I saw it later. I didn't see it in 95. um, But I did watch it, um, I want to say, like, early 2000s. Um, Mm -hmm. A little bit, because I'll tell you this. My first Michael Mann movie really was Collateral that I that I saw mm-hmm. and then uh and I didn't realize he also directed Ali until later and so uh and I remember how uh collateral was shot and and I revisited heat because I was like well I've never seen it so I I, I definitely want to um uh watch it and I'm watching it at home obviously and even from like my little ass tv uh with the uh, with the stereo sound with the two speakers the fucking gunshots that, yeah. that the the bullets that are raining in la during that um that final uh bank heist mm-hmm. um the sound that the, the 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 way the music is like even getting you amped up by watching because you're you know shit is about to go super sideways you know this it, because it's a huge shootout i can only imagine how that would have sounded in the theater i can only imagine if they remastered Heat. And did it for like IMAX, 4D, or something. You know what I mean? Where your seat shaking, like you see, yeah, you hear we the We need
1: sound. a, we need a, Ooh. we need a. Uh, we need a uh, oh, that's so sad to say, but a 30 year re release, 2025. Yes, yeah, it's coming, it's I mean, coming up in theater. In theater re release, the Heat. I, I want to see that in theaters. That would be Damn. an amazing. This yeah, is man, also like whole scene is just so
2: jarring. It's just Tom so, Sizemore
0: man. picking up the kid. Like what a yes! bag. picking up the kid. It's just like what a fuck.
2: Oh my god, he's terrible also, picking up the kid. And then Petino's like, okay, you want to get this kid? Bam, right between the eyes. We also
1: Damn. haven't talked about the. Uh, we will get to dead presses, but we haven't talked about Dennis Haysbert as Donald, the, <laughs> yep. the black line cook. Uh, Ex con president who, from 24.
0: That's how I know Dennis Haysbert. I he's know president man. of the United it's, States. All state guy, <laughs> and then the all state guy.
1: <laughs> um, just him getting fucking murdered instantly. But like, just man, it was it was so good. Like, it's like oh he's so close to getting in the car, and then oh uh, I know you see them across the street, and he just starts blasting. It's just like holy shit. I all but the whole thing with me was like,
2: why the fuck are these cops shooting these shotguns? <laughs>
1: like, what are you doing right. with a shotgun, man? These motherfuckers got like
2: now, automatic, man? like automatic weapons. And y'all just like, boom, like, put them <laughs> shotguns down. You ain't doing like, nothing, man.
1: You're like a hundred feet away.
2: That's like Harlem Knights where. Uh, uh, Arsenio Hall and the other guy is like shooting the uh, Popcorns <laughs> and that little dude put out that little, little shit. Down. <laughs> put that little ass Stop shooting that little ass shit! <laughs> so, um, I, I'm 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 not gonna lie, I'm very happy to be on this podcast. But man, y'all couldn't have y'all y'all pick some bangers for this one because we two you
0: boys. know it's it really man. depends on the prompt. But I do feel like we both Leonard and I both put our best foot forward this time. And now let's get Ooh. back into a little bit of, of dead presidents talking about fucked up. <laughs> Uh, you know, fucked up things like Tom Sizemore picking up a kid and and using her as as collateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I there's a lot of great actors in dead presidents going. we talked about. You know where I'm I going know where with you're this. Going. Yeah. Bokeem <laughs> Woodbine, who is a, who is a, an actor who I had probably seen in many things, but because of like he always where I was plays at. the creepy
2: the yes. creepy black dude. The first he time says I noticed that like yeah the one that just can't get right the first
0: time i noticed him and was like i gotta look up who this guy is it was very late in his career it was embarrassingly late for i guess for someone like me for a guy who put in good work for 20 years at that point but i first noted him in in season two of fargo the tv show where he just plays like a similarly like kind of eccentric character. He's like the it's that is actually also set in the 70s i think and he plays this (laughs) kind of like eccentric hitman character not that far off from the kind of character he's in this And uh, he's, like, the only black guy in that cast. And every time, like, the local authorities are trying to, like, give him shit, he goes, oh, is this that Minnesota nice everybody's talking about? Like, he just always plays, like, crazy but very confident characters. And in this one, Mm -hmm. he is uh, the most unhinged uh, member of their platoon in Nam. And we literally (laughs) see this dude hack off a uh, fallen Viet Cong soldier's head with a machete and keep it in his knapsack to the point where it is rotting to, to like a point where I was like,
1: <laughs> this composed. is gross. Like I knew no. it was
0: obviously it's all a movie and stuff. I don't really get grossed out. But when you see that head after he's yeah. had it for a while and they're like, and it's gross, but you got to bury, like bury it. afraid of him. Yeah, everyone's like Christopher from The they Sopranos anything, is like, yeah. you got to bury that head, dude. Yeah. And he goes, all right. <laughs> and then the second he buries it, Christopher gets his uh, his yeah, insides right. taken he, out. But like what, like what we're saying is the no, scene is
1: yeah. the scene. I'll, I'll paint the scene. Uh, there is like, they get pinned down mm-hmm. uh, by um, a, a faction and uh, they call in a, a bomb, uh a bomb drop there. Everybody gets blown up. So they're going through, they're about to head back to their rally point or whatever. And he's like, nah, we need to check for uh, Cleon. Uh, Cleon. Uh, is, yep. who was played by uh, Bokeem Woodbine. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, no, there could be information on these bodies let's go check and they're scavenging the bodies uh uh i guess the sergeant or whatever the the uh, high higher ranking officer finds uh the belt buckle of a high ranking officer that is killed that i think uh cleon wanted and mm-hmm. uh so when he can't get that and he's upset he chops a head off and he said i'm uh, you get a souvenir i get a souvenir too Right, and he puts it in his fucking bag, and the entire time he has the head, which I guess is it's, it's supposed to be good luck.
2: Yeah, he had it for a while.
1: He said no one has been harmed since he's had this head. <laughs> yeah, so we haven't and gotten so much as
0: a splinter in the time yeah, we've had this. Everyone
1: head. collectively, <laughs> like, it's like somebody's like, nah, man, and somebody else is like, yeah, I'm not really cool with that shit. And somebody's like, yeah, that shit's gross. And then I love how, like, Chris Tucker's finally like, the last one to be like, yeah, man, that shit is disgusting, man. That shit is, you need to do it in a minute. It's like, bro, you're waiting for everybody head. else to say something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you, fought, like, uh, but, um, and he's like, all right, I'll bury it. And as soon as he buries it, it's like, everybody dies.
2: Remember, because Leonard, because he 12. says, like, he says something like, there goes our good luck. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like after he buries it, it's like oh.
0: The movie makes no bones about it because then they find out the Christopher Moltisanti, I forget his name in the movie, but uh, from The Sopranos, who plays the guy who dies. Um, his name
1: is D- D'Ambrosio. D'Ambr-
0: D'Ambrosio. D'Ambrosio. Diembrizio, They're like they're mm-hmm. like where'd he go? And it goes, I don't know. He went away to pee while Cleon was burying the head. And so like as a movie, you're like, oh okay, so this means like their good luck he's is dead. gone. He's, he's dead. dead. He's you're dead. not gonna he's find this guy his alive. He's
1: fucking intestines out. Now this is what... they like put
0: some. They put like some of his intestines in his mouth or something. Like I don't I don't yeah. know. What that was supposed uh, to be. And then Maybe they put was, a note about
1: how like black uh, soldiers shouldn't be in in the war even though he was white, so that was confusing. But um <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get that. Uh I, they were trying to get some messages across. Um uh I wanna I don't think anybody in that fucking platoon would be as noble as they said, kill that motherfucker right then and there. All oh, they're like, let's get him to the rally point and we can get a medevac. No. No <laughs> kill this man. Yeah, put him out of his misery. And it's a plot point for the movie to be like, all right, you know, Anthony is willing to do what he needs to do to help right. this man out. But that I just thought that scene was a little ridiculous, but I don't How know. about that shot
0: where you that. transition to Vietnam where he's like running away from... He's, oh, that he's cool. hopping the fences, I like that. getting away yeah. from uh, Juanita's parents who just came home after he unknowingly at the right. time knocked her up. Juanita. And he's like hopping yeah. over, he's hopping over the cars, and then they just kind of like pan past like a tree, and he's just running through Vietnam. I thought that was a cool. Can shot. you
1: imagine like like that time jump you finally girl. have sex, It's your first time having sex, you go off to war, and you find out that you got someone pregnant? It's just like, what? man, I'm batting a hundred, and I'm not happy about it.
2: Seriously, <laughs> like. <laughs> He's so he's a he's a daddy now, but he's trying to uh he's trying to you know fight this war and stay alive. But it's like damn, I do have to go back home. But do I want to though? Yeah. And then like you know what I mean? Like he could like this nigga. Oh sorry, I shouldn't say this. No, this man could have. Yeah. Say whatever okay. You want, man. This I, nigga, I, I
0: can't say. You can say that. We can say anything I, on this podcast.
2: Uh, that's damn right, Quinn. No, <laughs> I keep uh, Chad Leonard one of these up. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But but it's funny because he literally could have went anywhere else, but he went back home. And I get I get why. Obviously, you know, you just went through war. You probably have some fucked up stuff in your head that you need to deal with. But he literally could have went anywhere he wanted to once he got back and he was like nope I'm going back to the Bronx and like, okay. um, you know this movie I feel like this movie was just like
1: it, it, sometimes as a black creator you have to over exert yourself and tackle more things and speak on more things right uh, I, I as mean. a film yep. and you can't just like sometimes you can't just make a film you have to like have messages in it and there was right. a lot there was a lot that was spoken of in this movie you know, the whole drug epidemic and coming back and being addicted to drugs. That was Chris Tucker's character who was, you know, um, he, he the was comedic. Uh, the uh, What is it? What's the term? I can't comic relief. Com- relief. Comedic, comedic relief. Comedic relief. Jesus Christ. Uh, he was the comedic relief. He was just being Chris Tucker, being yep. a funny, happy-go-lucky guy. And then he goes into the army and he, now he's yeah. an addict and he's hooked on drugs. Um, you know, people not caring about uh, veterans when they come back from the war, people exactly. disabled people, um, and what I really like about this movie and why I liked it so much as a kid and why I like the movies that I like is it, it felt real, it felt mm-hmm. genuine, and it's like you don't think about these stories, you don't think about these people's backgrounds, you mm-hmm. just hear like oh headline of oh this person did this, And you're like oh that person's a piece of shit, and you keep you keep on pushing, your life keeps moving, yeah. but this man you know he's a he's a in the movie he's a veteran, he fought for his country killing people, seeing crazy things, probably committing atrocities. And he comes back to no love, to no to no acceptance. Right. And he has to feed and provide for his family. And, and he's driven to this place to commit this heist. And
0: well, and it's, it's interesting, actually. I want to, if we can, like, focus on the Juanita of it, because you bring up a good point, uh, yeah. um, Sean, which is that, like, he's... There's that scene where he's talking with Chris Tucker, uh, and they're just getting drinks at like a local, they're still in Vietnam and mm-hmm. he's telling him that he has a daughter and Chris Tucker's like, you got a photo? I know you got a photo, you know? And he goes, I don't, he basically says, and I think oh. I took that, you know, the characters where he's like to live, to make it out here. Like I have to live as if I don't have like right. a daughter, if I don't have any, cause of the second I think about that, then I'm going to die. Cause you got to like live like you're already dead basically. Yeah. Um, you gotta to, keep your to head on the it. swivel. Yeah. And, um, And he doesn't get caught up in the drugs and the stuff that that Chris Tucker gets caught up in. But um, Mm -hmm. when he goes back, he does try to reconnect. He goes to see his mom, and and his mom has that nice... Well, it's not a nice moment, but I thought it was like a true moment where she's like, you can't even look me in the eye. You know, like there's that moment where he's he's grown up a lot and not in the way that he thought he was going to grow up when he went right. to the war because he tells his dad he's like you went to Korea and it made you a man and it's like it makes you a man but it's not really in the way that you would choose if you don't have to um, yeah. and then he goes to see Juanita and he finds out first of all he sees this, her sister Delilah who is like I guess it's not having mean, the hots for him. Yeah, she has the hots for him. But I guess it's like I was thinking like they're going to do kind of like a Black Panther kind of thing because it's about that time. But they don't really go that route. She's just in the sort of like the communist, like revolution, just right. kind of they general the That's revolution, it. anti-establishment. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so he's thinking like I, f- I was just fighting against communism, you know, so that the world is kind of different for him. And then Juanita, he finds out kind of. Because he stopped answering her letters, you know yeah, I mean, yeah. like i I thought there was a lot of nuance to the Juanita character in the sense that she exactly. got what with do you a guy, expect from her Cuddy. yeah, right, um, you can't
2: you can't knock her for what she did, like and,
0: and yeah and and yeah. exactly, she needed someone to provide for. Her. he goes and sees mm-hmm. her apartment there's cro- there's roaches crawling around it, she's got a daughter that has not been provided for, she can't make enough money for it, so it's like, and then he's got I understand his pride is wounded, but it's also like what are you gonna do, so I thought there was like nice moments of nuance and you definitely understand as you say Leonard the heist is really the last fourth of the movie it's the last half hour of this two-hour movie but like you get why Anthony wants to do it by that point but I thought it was like those scenes with Juanita were like the most real because there's in both of our movies there's some weird over-the-top stuff that maybe you're like would this yeah. really happen you know and that's right. the fun of movies but like that scene where Cuddy who is I guess did we say and Powell? I was gonna was say we gotta shout Powell. out Clifton great Powell. This oh. is
1: um. This might be his like. Sec- this might be his third or fourth time on on the podcast. Really? I so know he was in. He Black was in Hall next Hall Friday. Famer. He is next Pinky Friday. Yeah. Next Friday. Black yeah. Hall and, um, of Famer. He's cutting in this. Yep. I want to say that I don't. I want to say that he. Wait. He's in. No. Damn. In what? Uh, he's not in. Um. He's not in. Um. Tales from the Hood. He's not. Okay. I was about to say he's in Boys in the Hood, but he's not. No, no, no. Yes, that's, that's a different. I know uh, it's not him. Black person. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to say he's in something else, but he's for sure in those two movies. Right. But Clifton Powell. If you're, if you, you know, as as a black person, you know who Clifton Powell is. Oh in, yeah, because he's in all the black movies. So he he he. Usually plays and Jennifer.
2: That. Is it Jennifer Williams, the mama, uh, the one that played uh, Lorenz Tate's mom? What's her name? Is that? Uh, She's oh, also yeah, in
1: Blackish. Yeah, she's in everything. Jennifer, she, Lewis, she's in, I think. Jennifer, Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer Lewis. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. From Blackish, um, but Black man, Clifton Powell does a really good job of being this skeevy pimp-like character. Who also just has to keep it real with mm-hmm. with uh, Anthony's character and be like, "Hey, man, you were gone. Like you weren't here. It's like he. It's not the person he wants to hear it from, but he needs
0: to. He yeah, needs he's to like hear it. the worst guy because he's like he's not a good dude. He's like stopping next yeah, to the car and he's too. like trying to give her two hundred dollars through the window where where <laughs> Anthony's in the passenger seat, and then he like that shows scene up. Is amazing, by the way. Yeah. That's, that's, well, he's then
1: he, like, he's like, hey, this is Anthony, and he just pulls off. Yeah,
0: I would like to introduce yeah. you to car drives away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's such a oh, but move. that I scene in the hallway where he's coming home with all the the extra meat from the butcher shop that just closed, mm-hmm. and Clifton Powell's like leaving, and he's like, you know, I was just giving her some money, and and then they have that argument afterward. I mean, first of all, he almost like puts the gun in his mouth and makes him suck, suck on it, it. like he, a sucking nickel.
3: But <laughs> then so Anthony
0: goes <laughs> and like gets in a fight with Juanita, where he like chokes. Her. I guess I mean like the movie. Yeah. Not none of the you know De Niro's not sympathetic in Heat, although he's De Niro, so you kind of like him because I don't know. But like uh, Anthony is not like he's had a lot of wrongs done to him. He just wanted to go and serve his country and do the thing. But it's also like mm-hmm. he then goes home and and he drinks and he and I'm not I didn't, I've never been to a war. I'm not saying how people, you know veterans get fucked up, obviously. But like right. he's not kind to Juanita. He can't get past his ego. He can't get past his. So it's like he's yeah. not. In the right, like you're rooting for him to maybe go right or for things to work out for him, but yeah, you see him sabotage you know. his own self. It's not just the things that happen right. to him; it's the yeah. fact. That to he, me, you know,
2: yeah, exactly. Like to me, it feels like "Did Presidents" is very much more so a cautionary tale than, um, than, uh, the, than heat, than heat. But that, yeah. but that goes to your point, Leonard, of like with black filmmakers in particular, it feels like we have to uh, juggle multiple um, yeah, messages behind you can't yeah. make heat with a
1: black cast because white Americans be like, Oh, look at these just criminals and these thugs. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> no, seriously. I, yeah. Uh,
1: but with, with dead presidents, it's like, all right, let's give them some heart. Let's show who these right. people are. And then we'll commit the, and then they'll commit the heist. You
2: but know you know, what know but but the only other thing with Anthony and then uh, we'll move on. But the one thing I didn't understand was before uh, the heist uh, and he's plotting it and he's mapping it out and giving everybody their instructions. Uh, you never see that that tactical uh side of him before. Like you, you've never seen that. So yeah. then all of a sudden, whereas Macaulay, uh De Niro's character, you know he's got his shit locked down because yeah. you, you, they've, they've set it up throughout the movie, like, okay, yeah, no, this dude is he's on top of his shit. Like if they if they, if they even watching Heat now, I'm still like, damn, they they got away with it, but he just, De Niro's character just couldn't let that shit go. Like, he couldn't let Wangro go. Yeah, he could have fucking got away. Yeah, they make well there. sure. could have gone away.
0: They make uh. well sure that you know, like, De Niro has a code and he has, like, a philosophy. You know, right. that whole, like, everything you can't pack in a bag in 30 seconds. You know, he's got, like, a, this is how I don't get and, caught. And so he, that when you see him not follow dude, it, at the end of the movie, know. you're like, you're he's like, dead. Damn. Like, uh, you know, this is going to cost him.
1: But, but we all knew and that's when the, the whole thing of like the killing of the girls and whatnot. It was like, there is no way Wangro is making out of this movie alive. There's no way. There's right. no that's way. True. Like, see, yeah. everybody watching this movie wants to see Wangro get killed. Right. And it's like, there's a cost to that. And that's. <laughs> his and Vince McNeil's life, you
0: know, so maybe maybe that's why, yeah. The girl it cost him like the getting away with the girl, Bro, you know, him, that, that scene with uh played by Amy Brennan quite good, yeah. Having to that's see right. her, Edie Brennan, oh my direct.
1: god, dude, yeah. For some reason, man, I really had the hots for Edie Brennan,
0: Amy Brennan, yeah. Edie is the Edie. character, yeah, Edie. yeah, yeah. No, oh, she's
2: Edie is the character, yeah,
1: yeah. No,
0: you mercy too,
2: we knew what you meant, yeah.
1: Yeah, she's um, nice. But
2: I was going to say, I think... You know what? The, another thing about heist movies, especially these two movies had, they always... What, if you're having a heist, right? Like, you're trying to steal money and get away with it, right? I think that's the goal. That's the uh, the, that's the, the end game. Then why... You, one, why did they bring in Bokeem Woodbine's character? You knew yeah. he was going to fuck up. Why would you bring in Wayne Grove Because he... like. That's the problem with these Hollywood heist that's, movies. You always bring. Why are they bring? That's what I wanted to I can't know about
0: Wangro.
1: Wangro was like, how many was? I think they said that was his first heist.
0: I was about to say, did Tom Sizemore's character? I'm trying to remember now. Did he? vouch Tom for Sizemore is the
1: one who kept. Who's, who was who? I think up. he vouched for him. Yeah, I think he vouched He's for him. He's the one who him. fucked up and said it to the black dude and was like, "Oh man, I've been missing some action." Yeah. That's what the part I didn't understand too, because it's like, yeah, was this? So then this was Tom Sizemore's first heist back. Because yeah, the way know. they were talking, it was like he hadn't had action in a while. It was like, that part didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Wayne Grow. And then they said it was Tom Sizemore. And then I was like, wait, that? Right. But he's been committing heists. Or maybe he had just come back and finally gotten, and they had money sitting, waiting for them. So he's been well off. That right. part was confusing. Because it's like, how does Wayne Grow even have that much information on him? Right. He was like giving that. So that was like one of the, I feel like maybe writing hiccups or whatever that i that i was a little confused by during this movie. Right. But
2: if, if he's going around fucking killing like kid prostitutes like you would know that why would you bring him aboard? Like i just i don't know. I I did not understand it. And granted, Buking went by. the dude cut off of, uh, uh, the head of somebody. Right, kept that shit in the bag for a bath. I love that week. he's a
0: priest when we see him next. Like, and <laughs> he's, he's a, a priest. He, he's a priest. But here's the
1: thing: the reason why I, I uh, on the him. reason why I found it believable, even though it was stupid, is first of all, you know, Anthony at the time his judgment was a little imp- was impaired mm-hmm. like, in, in multiple little. ways. Yeah, Um and. There's this thing. I mean, when you're in the army and you go through shit like that together, in the Marines and you do shit like that, it's yeah. like, yeah, you, that's your brother. That's you. who are you? Who else is he gonna go to with being like, I'm gonna rob this armored truck? You know, it's like you, yeah. you can't trust many people, and pretty much everybody in there was served in the in the Marines at some point. Like everybody except for uh, the female character. I bet she tells uh, Howard wouldn't have snitched on him. though. It, yeah, it was like yeah, adding <laughs> yeah. adding. Bokeem's, Cleon's character, Cleon and Chris Tucker's character was like, what are you doing? This just all seems like a bad idea. Thank you. Uh, well,
0: there's always that moment in heist movies where something unforeseen happens, either like that they didn't account for in the planning or something on the day goes wrong. And I liked a lot that moment in Dead Presidents where uh, Bokeem Woodbine and Chris Tucker are posted up on opposite corners of the same block and, and that uh, they're just waiting to to. Get the haul once. Once Freddie Rodriguez, who I don't think we mentioned, uh, who's who's good in this movie as well, like blows the um, blows the truck, and it hasn't gone down yet. But they're waiting, and a a, a young black cop, beat cop, comes walking by and and sees Bokeem's uh, deca- or you know, jacket, which which uh-huh. shows that he was from like the first recon division, whatever. And he's like, oh, 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 let me check the schedule for you. I always got time for a fellow, you know, soldier. And so like, right. And his whole thing, Bokeem Woodbine's thing, and, and we see the moment in the movie earlier, is that like when there was a firefight where their commanding officer got killed, Chris Tucker froze up. Like he's just on the ground kind of huddled because he just, you know, he's taken fire and he, he didn't know how to yeah. react. And he says to Anthony, he's like, I don't want to do a job with this guy. I remember he froze up, blah, blah, blah. And now we see Bokeem's character we see cleon freeze up which is an interesting like flip because they kind of movies set you up to believe that it was going to be tucker especially since now back in the u.s tucker's a a junkie basically you know he's he's addicted but um but 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 what i also
1: like about the parallel parallelism of that is yes in that scenario he froze up and he was quick to shoot down people over in vietnam Mm -hmm. but in this one it's a, it's a fellow black soldier it's it, the morals have flipped and now he doesn't want to kill this young black man mm-hmm. and and chris tucker's character is just some junkie who doesn't give a fuck so he has no problem shooting this yeah. he's just another right. fucking person to him but in this one like cleon it's not cleon is freezing up because of who the person is also so it's, it's not like, the
0: same at all but it is still interesting in the sense of like this everybody has their own weird moral code and the mm-hmm, fact that yeah. this dude who literally lopped off the head of a exactly. viet Cong right. sol- exactly. soldier is like well i can't do this to my fellow my brother my, in arms you know and it's like i get it but it's like that doesn't make sense you know like i understand yeah, right. how his internal logic leads him there but that doesn't make sense, you know, it's weird to, so it's interesting, the the dynamics of play are very interesting. I felt like um, Delilah was like slightly underdeveloped, I wish there was a little bit more of yeah. like that confrontation of how she and Anthony were kind of ideologically opposed, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they both wanted money, so she's like, you know, she seems to be like, fight the power, fuck the man. you're like, yeah, I'll get some money, you know, I'll, I'll right. do this job with you. Also, she was in love with him, which which doesn't. You know, feature that heavily, but you get a sense that's why she's she's kind of willing to go with him, and then she dies for him. Basically, she dies saving him. Yeah. Um. So that was interesting. I, and and le- yeah, Leonard, you talked about it. I guess we can start to move into our our five criteria. The first, uh, the first being pop culture. Uh, as someone who had not seen this movie, um, but was familiar with. That there was a movie, Dead Presidents and stuff. The only thing, and honestly, I probably wouldn't have even put them together, but I did know them separately was the the face paint, that kind of mime mm-hmm. that kind of creepy mime face paint mm-hmm. with the white face and the black around the eyes. they kind of look like skulls. I don't know. I mean, it's a very yeah. cool look. You said you've done that for Halloween, Leonard?
1: Yeah, I've done that with, for Halloween With the black <laughs> beanie, yep. black beanie, black gloves, leather mm-hmm. jacket. yeah, I, I think I did in like 2009 Halloween. It was also a, like, oh uh, damn.
0: A good costume The needle drops in this movie Are great are, Like from like Sly Stone To Al Green To like There's some great oh, music yeah. Oh yeah weird. You can't fuck with the soundtrack music Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that era great... Yeah uh,
1: You know Pop culture wise Yeah The the whole outfit um, This movie has a lot like... of people
0: On the up Like, like I was saying I feel like, like also
1: A lot of people were on the up Even the poster Like The the dead president's poster Was a popular poster It was just uh, the face the black yeah, just a face with a gun, mm-hmm. holding it up. Uh, I've seen that a lot at people's yep. places. Um, yeah, we have it's one of the f- first sightings that I can recall of uh, Terrence Howard, you know. Uh, yep. I thought he was going to be a really bigger part Terrence. in the
0: movie because of how famous he is now. The fact that he yeah. like wasn't part of the heist team or something, I was like, well, well, but Terrence Howard, it's like he was not a big star at this time. Not at that I might time. have been
1: one of the first mains on the film.
2: <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, he says main so manes. much. His hair manes. is immaculate this, in this movie. Got oh, this young ass amazing. kid in here, main
1: <laughs> young ass kid. Um, but you know, it, pop cult, uh, pop culture, you know, dead presidents gets referenced all the time. All in the time, music, uh, a lot of songs yep. uh, dealing with that
2: uh and then uh, like you said and and at that time the Hughes brothers were coming off of Menace to society we've we all saw Menace to society right and so yeah. you follow it up with this um it might not have it might not it might not have done as well or been as well received as Menace to society was but again uh you see that poster you see the mask uh you hear the music um and then uh, so many of the actors in there. I mean, it, it, this is literally the definition of a black classic. Like it really yeah. is. And I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just trying to trivialize it or bring it down by just calling it a black classic. I think it's a really well made movie, regardless. But it's very, very, very much accepted. Um, it, it just is. Like when you think it did, you think it did. Presidents. You think of Love Jones. You think of certain movies, Brown Sugar, things like that, where it's like these are classics, but they're more so classics for us you know what i mean like these are our uh classics so yeah yeah.
0: this was uh, and you guys can speak to it better than i can obviously but it's interesting because we've uh leonard you've given me a couple movies from this um from this uh period of black filmmaking which i you know amazing period much more uh history to get into it but very loosely i mean it seems like spike Spike Lee kind of comes on the scene in the 80s and breaks through and then you get this Mm like 90s wave of like thoughtful kind of independent black minded cinema from black directors and writers. And you've given me Boys in the Hood previous, which was not a movie I'd seen. I'm going to out myself and I feel like I'm (laughs) I'm out myself. I feel like I'm hurting my own. I've not seen Menace to Society, but I got to now go and check that out. You will watch that. <laughs> you're going to see Sean's face when I said that. So then when, I, when the I see Zoom.
2: Quinn again, he's going to be like, you're going to run some snaps on the Petro? And
1: then I'll be like, ah, yeah, you got it, Quinn. Clifton Powell
0: is a menace to society. Yes, he is. But oh, like yeah, – these movies were not it wasn't like and and uh, you know God bless rest in peace uh, Sidney Poitier who died recently but like mm. this was not like guess who's coming to dinner like white people right. here's a black person in this movie aren't they just like us you know what I mean like this is like these are black these are movies for everybody but primarily made for a black audience with like a black cast uh which hollywood i guess in retrospect kind of treated this period in the 90s almost like a fad because they kind of went away for a while and yeah now we're seeing black filmmakers and black stories a little bit more prominently again uh, who knows but it is interesting to look back on this time and be like this movie's not uh made for a, a, a wide white audience like if the audience yeah. finds it great there's a lot to appreciate about it but it's made with black talent for black audiences uh, which is uh, very cool yeah
2: i'll just say this real quick uh, and because uh, i know we definitely gotta move on but Um, during that era, like you said, Spike Lee, not only him, but you also had like Keenan, uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans, Robert Townsend, uh, Maddie Rich, who made straight out of Brooklyn. You had, um, a lot of, uh, of black, uh, talent behind, behind the camera, but there was only so many opportunities. And then when you had like this explosion of black creativity from like the mid nineties up to like the late 2000. And really, I think it kind of started with, um, um, I, think Boomerang, I think Boomerang was like a catalyst for a lot of thinking outside the, blo- uh, outside the box with, with black people, like casting black people. Like in that movie, you saw nothing but successful black people, which was great. And at that time, we didn't get to see that often. So, and I think we kind of took that for granted because now, I'm not going to say now, but about early to mid 2000s, there was just a lot of movies that just weren't good. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to, same thing, but, like, you see uh, Medea goes to the hotel or something, right? And just these mid- to lower-tier movies, but because we didn't see it as much, we're like, oh, man, that's black cinema, so you got to go support it. It's great, it's great, this and that. Whereas you actually had a movie that was made like a Dead Presidents that I feel a lot of people kind of, like, push to the side because they're like, we're not used to this. But that, But that's my point. It's like now we're starting to see that again, that that kind of uh, creativity, that black creativity uh, to where we're not seeing just the same sort of uh, stereotype that we that we would see all the time and that we can actually say, like, no, this is this is a a really good black oriented movie, not just because it's a black movie. Like, it's a damn good movie. And I think now and, and television shows as well. And I'm just. I'm happy for it. But you have movies like this to kind of pave that way. So sorry. It that doesn't was just have to be cool
0: like the prestige movies that are typically recognized, like slave exactly. movies or the butler or something where it's like, look at this guy who served under all the white precedents. You know what I mean? Like I it could just no be a story movies. with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn them. Well, fun fact about this. Did you know that they wanted Jada Pinkett for the role of Delilah? Uh, but she had been in Menace to Society. Where her oh, wow. then boyfriend Tupac had gotten into an altercation with one of the Hughes brothers, so they're like, maybe we oh. don't do Jada for this movie. They, <laughs> they did something amazing. else. Wow. So she she wow. played herself out of that role, I guess. But she boy, Jada,
1: you're Jada, on a roll. You are. I, I, I don't know if he he I feel like he's got has some pop, a culture. pop cultural influence, but it's more like she's got, got a great ass. word of in the word of like the lore and just like yeah the the, the performances. I don't know if like like you know as far as like like you see it or you you don't really see it out and about. It's more like hey oh yeah I'm talking amongst my friends. The heat is amazing. Like you know I don't know.
0: I think. Yeah, it's interesting. I do I do think like you talked about it a little bit, Sean, like just that the um the De Niro Pacino coffee scene in itself was mm. kind of marketed as like a big yes. pop culture moment. Like these two yes. titans of, of acting are, are kind of sitting down in the same scene. I do think Pacino, some of Pacino's like kind of uh more over the top line deliveries and stuff get remembered. Um and I think you can feel the influence of the movie, similar to what we were saying about Dead Presidents. There you go. Uh, More so yeah. than maybe if you recognize, like, a specific moment or scene, like the Dark Knight kind of thing. You know, exactly. you might enjoy heat without even knowing you've kind of seen its influences. Um, exactly. uh, this is not a pop culture thing. I just want to bring it up before we move on because we didn't talk about it before. But that whole scene where Pacino comes home towards the end of the movie, and he, he after the firefight, and he oh, just yeah. sees that dude who's clearly getting with his wife, and he's, like, watching TV, and he gets on this whole thing about, like... The TV, it's like, you. I don't care about you coming home and banging my wife, but you're not going to watch my TV. Like rips the TV <laughs> off the wall. It's like, it was, it's such a crazy scene. But. I love that. Um, let's go to how yeah. these movies hold up, Leonard. That's our second criteria um, point. I
1: feel like they both hold up pretty damn well. I think so. Um, same. This was like the, the last heister- movie.
0: He was like the last movie, I feel like, before De Niro and Pacino entered. Pacino, you can see him verging. But like caricature mode, like De Niro uh-huh. was five years away, I think, from making Meet the Parents, by which point he's like old man De Niro, kind of like tough grandpa. Um, yeah. And Pacino mm-hmm. was not yet probably at this time like a kind of like punchline kind of guy. But you can see him kind of getting there. And yet he's still very like good in this movie when he needs to be. But he's so over the top. Like, I feel like this is right before pop culture before. kind of absorbed them and they'd kind of stop making their their best.
2: Before before he work. went over to Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill, huh? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I feel like they both hold up pretty well. Um, you know, the with there's a lot going on in heat and the heist hold up really well. They're very intricate. The action scenes definitely you know, hold up. The yeah. action scenes hold up. Mm-hmm. Um some of I feel like some of it they get the outs are a little too easy. Like the fact that Val Kilmer's character literally just pulls off and they don't like pull him out of the car and they just look mm-hmm. at his ID and he gets away. Right. Kind of crazy. But. um,
2: Well, doesn't she? Because um, he's because Val's about to see his uh, his lady. Yeah. But she's like, yeah, yeah, she's like, no, no, no. Which no, they no, don't
1: no. see. And then he's like, check the car anyway. And then. Right they stop him and he just shows him a different ID and they're like it's not him and he just like <laughs> <You> <laughs> he go. gets away but i mean uh, but overall it, it it looked good it sounded good i think it held up pretty well um dead presidents also i mean no no real complaints as far as holding up from me mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys have anything
0: i can't really think of anything that you wouldn't yeah I, um yeah these this uh category Sean, we usually talk about, like, does it hold up, like, does it look bad from when it was made? And I don't right. think that applies to either of these movies. It could also be like, oh, you know, this character said this thing. You wouldn't say that today right. kind of thing. I don't think either of these movies are really those types of movies anyway, where if someone right. said something off color, you're like, well, that's probably because the character is not a good guy. Exactly. Right. It's not like it's like 90s.
2: It's not like is going around playing Smash Mouth while they're uh, uh, robbing a bank, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Dated like <laughs> that, back would in the 90s, say, that would be that would be fun, but <laughs> that would be hilarious. But no, uh, it, what helps it? What helps Dead Presidents? out is because it's set in the seventies, mm-hmm. so that that's the period that you're dealing with.
0: I actually what appreciated happened, how real that scene in oh, Dead Presidents was. I mean, it's it's yeah. a hard scene, but where he's like strangling Juanita, where she's like, he basically yeah, makes yeah. her say, "Did you, I don't know what you guys feel about that? Did you think that she was still?" in some kind of a sexual relationship with Cuddy or that he mm. was kind of forcing that out of her. Cause she did seem loyal to him and she's even there at the end at his trial. And he's like, just say that you did it. And she goes, Oh, is that what you want me to say? Okay, fine. I'm doing it. And then he's like, and he's like, like I felt like I she was to just take saying that. it just to say it. I thought so know? too, a little like, bit, but yeah,
2: a little bit. Yeah. But also I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a little bit of both.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah,
2: she had, she had a, a child coming in. Like she had to provide and, if this man is coming around and is giving her money, I mean, not giving her money, like, that. that's why she's going to do it. But she's probably looking at it like, look, I, I mean, I got to do what I got to do. I got to work. She, she, Hell, she was on Lorenz Tate's uh, ass about getting a job. Like, oh, your will is good, but I wish your job was or some shit mm-hmm. like that. Like, she's just going in on him about work. Yeah, I for
1: sure think they had sexual interactions before, but I don't know if it was after. I don't think it was happening currently.
0: I just thought a worse movie would have made that less nuanced. Like he would have just come home and and his his wife was blowing somebody. You know what I mean? And then it's like, okay, cut and dry whatever you know and and that's you might still point. understand that character's point of view but it's not it's like that's black and white what's happening here and then that but was it's a like little this dude more, i don't know i still don't know sucker punched was. him
1: down a flight of stairs and yeah. put a gun in his mouth and then he has to come up like leaving yeah. his apartment <laughs> with his wife Walking like out <laughs> of his apartment yeah, yeah. yeah. so i yeah. i you, you know it's like you still don't condone it, but it's like, I can understand how this could come about. Right. Um,
0: Shout out to Martin uh, Sheen at the end of that. That that holds up as a, oh, as yeah, a strange, a fun, too. interesting oh, cameo. Yeah. Martin Sheen, yeah. who was most famous initially for being in Apocalypse Now, a Vietnam War movie, playing a judge who's like, when I was in Korea, or was it World War II, whatever he says, a real war, by the way. A real war. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Like, oh, shit. I think um, I might have the book um, being thrown at me. (laughs) We're
1: to our third, and some would say, I would say, our most Most important important criteria. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Most important, for sure. Sean will agree. And, you know, we have a real possibility here. There is a real Someone fucked up here. Uh-oh. Was Regina Hall in either one of these movies? Oh, shit. Wait a minute. She was not. I could say confidently oh, she was man. not in Heat. But, uh. she was, yeah, <laughs> confidently was not in Heat. But, I, you know, I if think there was Dead Presidents
0: dropped that, the ball. She could have been in Dead Presidents quite easily. She really could have been in Dead
2: Presidents. She really could have been, been you know, at craft she, services or something. We don't she could have been... <laughs> we don't know Regina. Oh man, because you know she ain't age so she, she probably looked no. the exact same. No, I don't think she was in that though. We IMDb'd yeah. her,
0: and and it's not it's not polite to reveal a, a, of anyone's age, but we we IMDb'd her and found out how how she might
1: have been a little too young. She no, I'm just saying school it's school. amazing right. how good
0: she looks. Uh, Ooh, considered, yeah. you know, she still I know
1: great. I thought she was younger than she was, and then you said Leonard
0: she thought she was oh, 19 years old. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> good 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 call. No, well, she is not, and she could have been. Um Well, I mean, you know, we don't want to take roles away from people who were quite good. I think Delilah and Juanita were both portrayed very well. But theoretically, those are roles she could have filled. You know, she would have been the right Mm -hmm. age for. I think
1: she would have been too young to play uh, all-state guys, white
0: uh, girl and Mm. heat. Dennis Haysburg, so, Allstate guy. All-state. Yeah. <laughs> call him
2: Allstate. <laughs> yeah, she would have been a, the, you know. she might
0: have been a fun Ashley Judd. I mean Ashley Judd was quite good, but uh you know, I could see her being yeah. Val Kilmer's girl, just being like, don't and come up And I mean up, don't come Haysbert, up here who
1: I said earlier,
0: Denis Hagensberg's good. I mean,
2: I'm not trying to be funny. She could have been one of Wingrove's victims. I'm I'm not trying to mm, like, mm, like mm, I'm just saying true. she could have. That's yeah. true. Um I will say this.
1: Like, can you imagine you're like, oh, man, I uh am gonna help my Boyfriends at work. I'm really stressed out about him. I hope he's doing well. I'm gonna go have a beer at the bar, let off some steam. Did you see on the news he's been fucking killed in a fucking bank robbery? Oh no! Like that has to suck.
0: Seriously, never a fun time. Um, All right. Well, we've gone over Regina Hall again this week, Leonard. We're gonna hit her. We're gonna hit on her one of these times. Neither of those sounded right. We're going to get her in one of our (laughs) movies at some point. (laughs) Um, we, we knew what you meant. <laughs> uh let's go on to our fourth our fourth category, much more um cut and dry. We're talking about stats, that is critics, box office, whatever uh mm-hmm. whatever we got. Leonard, uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go? Um, I'll let you go first. righty. Heat was made for a budget of sixty million dollars. These are nineteen ninety five dollars, uh mm-hmm. which that's pretty good. I feel like that's you know I guess you call that yeah. like a hundred million dollar movie today. Um mm-hmm. And it made $187.4 million. I assume oh, that's wow. worldwide. Uh, maybe it's just U.S. domestic either way. Uh, that's that's quite a good return on its budget. Definitely made its money. Uh, for an R-rated two-hour and 50-minute movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, and as big yeah. as De Niro and Pacino are, I don't know that they always make like the hugest blockbuster movies. You know, they weren't the Schwarzenegger and Stallones of their era. Right. They were making a little bit more. I think that's a pretty good return. Um,
2: when did it come out? Like, uh, was wasn't it in like, the winter? 95. But 95. it like, wasn't it in the winter, I think, or something? <laughs> uh, because it's it was not a like December
0: a... movie, December 95. Oh. So it was a Christmas movie. Go and bring the whole family and see Heat. <laughs> right? That's it, it, <laughs> based in 15th. Los
2: Angeles, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's wow. really good. Because remember, big except for what home alone maybe big budget uh movies like that like blockbuster movies did not come out uh during christmas especially rated r you're
0: cutting off like all the 13 year olds who are going to be you know reenacting the la shootout street scene in in their homes like you know you're you're missing uh let's see it has an 88 percent fresh uh, rating on Rotten wow. Tomatoes. That, Only 88. That feels, yeah, I was about to say, if that anyone feels, feels I low, mean, but that feels I get, good. I get it. I get it. Um, and what is its IMDb score finally? It is da, 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 da. So 8.3. That's pretty high. Wow. That's a pretty good IMDb 8. score. That 8. probably puts 9. it in its top IMDb. 250 movies or something, I think. Oh. It's definitely Michael Mann. I've not seen everything Michael Mann's done. It's my favorite Michael Mann. I mean, I think he's done a lot of interesting things. Agreed. Work, but. I think this is like the biggest this is like the mo- when I think of Michael Mann I think of heat. Um Agreed. So yeah, those are impressive stats all.
1: All right. Well, uh Dead Presidents came out 2 months before October 5th uh in 1995, October 4th, mm. whatever. Yeah. Uh October 4th in 1995. Uh it was uh it had a budget of 10 million um and it made 24.1 million. Hmm. Uh we know people don't like black movies. Um
0: we have gone over that hmm. is a real thing. We've seen it true enough yeah. on this podcast. It's just black movies, you can just take fifteen to twenty percent off that rotten tomato score. Yeah a full point. Yep, off we
1: we actually me and Sean, I don't were you here for this practice? We were talking about the I the rotten tomato scores for black films. Hmm. Maybe you weren't there at that practice. No, no, no. And not how disrespectful it is. Um yeah, uh uh we're gonna talk about it right now because uh, honestly, it has a pretty good IMDb score It has a 6.9 on
0: IMDb Nice um,
1: That's a little respectable I think it should nice. be higher it than that It should be higher I'm going to tell you what the Rotten Tomato is I want you to guess. What do yes Just call that a 7 I feel like is?
0: 7 is a much more 6.9, someone yeah. just bumped that If we all vote 10 on it right now We can probably bump that up to
2: Right Because if you say um, what, what do you think it is on Rotten Tomatoes? On Rotten Tomatoes, I would say If, that, if 6.9 on IMDb I'm going to say Rotten Tomatoes maybe 66 Can
0: I guess, Leonard? Yes, I'm going to go pessimistic because I feel like black movies from that year always got like some like white critic at the Chicago Sun Tribune just being like, this wasn't my experience. I'm going to say it got
1: <laughs> 55%. And you were still being too optimistic. It is 43%. That's, that's
2: that bullshit.
1: 43%. Oh, excuse me, 47. 47%. That's that bullshit. Audience score. 78%. Still still disrespectful.
2: 47% tomato meter. Wow. rotten. That's that bullshit. But you know what? I'm not going to lie. When it came out, my dad and I went to go see it at the dollar movies. So we, we didn't help. <laughs> we didn't help that much. That, that's all we hey, could. You do. You saw it. You saw I it. I saw it in theater, but it was a dollar movie. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry, Lorenz Tate and Hughes brothers. I tried. It was a good movie. But it was yeah, also like, what do you is yeah. think the odds
0: if I, I was a bit too young to see this movie anyway, because it was rated R and then that, but like, let's say that I was the right age and I was watching like, I don't know, VH1 in 1995. You think there's any chance I'd see even a commercial for this movie? Probably not, no right? No fucking way. Like, no. Yeah.
2: No way. If Unless you had Jet Magazine and you see an advertisement are in you, the magazine. Or you had BET. Yeah, that right. was it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, but that's but that's, that's um,
1: true. Always disrespecting the black films, man. <sighs>
2: that's that bullshit, man. Sorry.
1: Um, not sorry. All good. I mean, not whatever. Uh, okay. Clearly not a 47%, though. Um, no, it's not. Uh let's get into these uh, final arguments. Mm. I believe I went last. I mean, I went first last time, Quinn, so mm. you can go first this time.
0: All righty, all righty, all righty. Let's hear um, this. So the theme for this week was best heist movie. Mm-hmm. Uh that means, you know, well, I obviously I, I can't and wouldn't presume to tell you how to interpret that prompt. Sean but I interpreted it as kind of when we think of heist movies there are certain um maybe not cliches but like certain parts of the heist movie that you expect which is like kind of who's the team how do we get the team together what's the score we see them planning it out you know all all those kind of heist staples and one of the movies that like I didn't pick um <clears throat> but seemed like a kind of like maybe even a trap I think we talked about this Leonard's maybe in a trap would have been like Ocean's Eleven, you know something like very clearly. What were you gonna say, Sean? Is yeah, it? no, that's my favorite heist movie ever. Oh, Ocean's Eleven. oh wow! wow. I thought
1: you would have lost with Ocean's Eleven
0: because wow. it's too kitschy. It's I too. I thought I would. I thought if too... I picked it, I might have lost too. Okay. No, I'm
2: sorry. If if you're talking heist, yeah, like yeah. and then plus the fact that they brought in no. Dumbass person to fuck it up Like everybody on that team was like legit It was just circumstance that almost Mm -hmm. uh, derailed them But anyway, that's neither here nor there right now No, that's a very
1: We forgot to ask during the episode what movie you would have chosen And that's funny
0: because it's Ocean's Eleven
2: Well, that's a
0: very Ocean's Eleven
2: um,
1: Eleven didn't even cross my mind Anyways, it's your final argument
0: Okay, okay (sighs) Uh, But that's very I think Oceans 11 has all those those elements too I mean the one thing actually other than the fact that it was such an obvious pick that I always get nervous around the obvious picks is um, is that like nothing goes wrong and I do feel like you talked to you brought up Indiana Jones at the beginning of this uh, at this podcast uh, Sean I don't think any of us would call Indiana Jones a heist movie exactly but he is uh, like going <laughs> into temples or or long dead uh, Christian yeah. <laughs> relic whatever and he's taking things. And right. that, those movies, it's like, it's all part of the adventure, right? Like, yeah, maybe he gets crushed by the boulder. But once he's out, it's like, that, that thing is yours. And I feel like heist huh. movies, except for That's perhaps Oceans, there's always that element of like, you got to pay the price somehow. Even if you get away with the money, you're going to lose a man. You're going to lose That's part of your, point. you know. Um, and I think both of these movies have that. So I guess I'm just going down to like, what had more of those elements for me? And when I was like, all right, I don't want to do Oceans. I was like, Heat, you know, Tom Sizemore says it, Early in the movie, the juice is the heat. The heat is the ju- or the action is the juice. The action this is the juice. And I feel like yeah. this movie has so much damn action. It is all about what's the score. It's not even about what We we see a heist in the beginning just to wet the taste, and then we know there's that big score coming up. We see Pacino mm-hmm. kind of on his heels the whole time. There's like this whole like the whole thing is surrounding that these guys their whole lives. Even if you if you're fighting against it or you're contributing in it. It's right. all about just that score. And that's like all that they do. The action is the juice for all of these guys, no matter what side of it you're on. And I feel like that
3: mm-hmm. is
0: a heist movie. And now as no disrespect to Dead Presidents, which I think is a very good movie. I am glad that you gave me this movie, Leonard. I think that movie is a lot of different things. It is absolutely a heist movie. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. you I think you cut me off at the past, Leonard, where you said, Oh, the heist only in the last half hour. You're right. I'm not gonna hold that against this movie, but I, I think in terms of like that part of it, it comes together very quickly and it goes wrong very quickly. I like that. I feel like basically all of heat is kind of that last half hour of, of mm. dead presidents. Dead presidents gives you a lot more different stuff. And if you prefer it for dead presidents, then there's nothing I can do about that. But I think like heat puts, builds all those little things up and it's like, you know why it went wrong and you know, it's got, you know, it, it spreads that out over a freaking three hour runtime. And I love that right. twist where halfway through the movie, it's not even like, does he know? Is it going to find out that it's us? It's like we see Pacino make the robbers. We see the robbers make Pacino and the LAPD, and that's it. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's all about like we know the game, we know the score. Here's the heist. Can you get away with it? And had it mm-hmm. not been for that one airplane that was flying by, that shone the light on De Niro's shadow, that allowed Pacino nice to shadow. get the drop on him, could have turned out the whole other way. And I do think that like yeah. element of chance, that element of luck, that all I think Heat perfectly encapsulates that. I also just think. It's a fucking banger, man. It's a great movie. So that's all my argument. It was pretty long winded, Leonard. Let's see if you can beat my time.
1: Um <laughs> Yes. Uh I have not prepared a final argument. Oh, Leonard. But I feel it feel in it. my bones. Feel um it. Heat is a great movie. It is an amazing movie. It's a great heist movie. Um the things I will say that You know, some might say that Dead Presidents isn't as heist heavy. And I will argue that in Heat, we only see like two and a half heists. We see the original heist. It opens with the heist. It ends with the heist. Both heists. The the last heist is very quick. It's mainly a shootout. It's not even a heist. It's more of an action shootout. They get in. They get out really quick. We don't really know the... The logistics of it, the schematics of it, they speak of it, but we never see it. We don't even know how they're committing these heists. Um, It's more about a crew and their relationships and the cat and mouse game between them and De Niro. So that's a really big, interesting part. The reason why I feel like Dead Presidents is a better heist movie. And. It is only a heist movie for the last quarter is we learn how these people get to this point. We don't know anything about anyone really uh, in this movie. It's a lot of, in, in heat, it's a lot of surface level stuff. We know that Robert De Niro's character is a loner and he's trying to control everyone. We know that him and his wife aren't getting along. We know that Val Kilmer and his wife, Ashley Judd aren't getting along. He has a gambling problem. We don't know anything about Trejo. We don't know anything about Sizemore. We just know that they're this crew that does heights and they're good at it and they're getting caught up. Mm. Cool, it, and it's great and it's good. But what I like about about um about Dead Presidents with me, it, it's like I can have a disconnect with Heat. It's like I don't really necessarily know how I feel about the characters or whatever. The story is cool, the action is cool, but with Dead Presidents, I'm there's so much more invested in it for me because I. I'm rooting for Anthony. I, I, I want him to succeed in life. I don't want him to have to commit this heist, but he does. And I want it to go well. And I understand all the characters who are in the heist. I know why they're there. I know the backstory. And I know why it went wrong. I know why it was going to go wrong. And uh, like, like any heist movie, there is the moment where they're all sitting down. They have the map. They're planning it out. You do this, you do that. You get what you want from a heist movie, mm-hmm. but you get so much more. And and in heist movies, it's always like, oh yeah, they're just committing heist, cool. But why? Why are they committing the heist? You know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciate about this movie is I understand why. It's not just some story of some people being like, I'm robbing these people because I like money. It's like, no, I have no other route and this is why I need this money and this is why we have to pull this heist off properly. And... uh I think that's why it's the better heist movie.
3: Hmm.
0: I think you almost beat my timeline.
3: <laughs> Sean, uh, the nice. floor now becomes
0: yours. You can, you can wow. expound for as long or as little as you wish, but uh, wow. the only thing left to do is, is for you to call it.
2: Damn. Um, yeah. Um, first off, I am very happy to be on this podcast. Um, and I say that because you guys literally picked two, Bangers of, of of movies to choose from, it, which makes it hard to um, to say uh, to decide on one being the better heist film than the other because there's so many um, things to appreciate from both movies. Both movies are influential in their own ways. Um, okay, I mean, full disclosure: I grew up on Dead Presidents. I know um, it was one of those event movies for us that, uh, as a family, like, especially my dad, my dad was like, yeah, we're, we're we're definitely going to go see dead presidents. Um, it just so happened that we went to the dollar movies, but still (laughs) we were like, we got to go see this movie. And, um, um, and what Leonard said, like, um, from a nostalgic standpoint, it means a little bit more to me, um, because quite frankly, it is a very well-made movie that centers around African Americans, and you understand the struggles that our people were going through during the sixties and seventies. The idea Chris Tucker's character said himself, "He's like, I ain't gonna go out there and fight no white man's war. Why am I gonna go out there and and, and do this?" Which was a very strong sentiment. That was Muhammad Ali's Ali, sentiment. I'm I, not that going. Was the yeah. first thing
0: I thought too. Yeah, or when he said, yeah. it.
2: and and it's so right. A lot of of uh, of of the black community felt that way. And I, I get it. And so there's there's a lot of, there's a lot more meaning behind dead presidents, especially for black people that, um, I appreciate and that I can understand and get behind. Uh, the characters are v- pretty well developed. Um, I think the, uh, the locations, the, 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 the um, from what they did with men's society that, to what they did with their presence, like you said it, Quinn, the time jump of him running through the, uh, through the backyards. And then all of a sudden you see that interjects into, uh, or intercuts into, uh, him running through the woods in Vietnam, um, is amazing. Like it, it, it is an absolute amazing movie and the soundtrack. I'm a firm believer in score. I love to me. If, if a film score does not hit that, you've already lost half of my investment. Like I have to, um, the soundtrack, the music has to embody the emotion and the environment that you're creating on screen. So Dear Presidents has that in droves. I think it was last, this your past episode, when you were talking about Old Boy versus John Wick. And um, you were talking about Old Boy is probably like a nuke, right? <laughs> like you brought a nuke to a knife fight. Um, this is not a knife fight, but heat is a nuke. There's a reason why it's called heat. Um for me, if I think heist, when I think of Dead President, to me, it's not just a heist movie. To me, it's um, it's a cautionary tale about, uh, like you said, like vets coming back, especially black veterans coming back from war and how they're treated. Um, you know, the things that they deal with, uh, the the ramifications, the psychological ramifications that they deal with. There's so much more than just um, them robbing a bank. Like, And really not trying to be funny, but when they get to the ice, they didn't even do a stakeout or nothing. They, they're just, they just get to the bank or they get, they get to the truck and it's like, okay, it's on. Yeah. Did you even stake it out? Did you, did you, you know, plan the times out or anything? So, um, I get that because there's so much, there's so much, uh, deeper. There's so many more different, deeper meanings in dip presidents. When I watch heat to me, that is, that is the, that is the epitome of a heist movie like it, it is literally a cat and mouse game it's about these two characters where one's on the side of the law and the other one's on the other side of the law but we don't know which is which and but yet they they take two and a half or almost three hours to really craft this you really dive into Hannah's uh back life how he's so encapsulated in his job it's fucking up his personal he's on his third marriage like the man just doesn't care. What he cares about is is really the game of it. Like like to me, when I watch it, I'm like, he wants to catch De Niro, but I don't think he does because if he if he gets what he wants, then it's over. Like, and I don't know if he can. You see it towards the end where he goes back home, and it's like maybe, but you still if you spent that many years so encapsulated into your job, it's hard to turn that off. Whereas De Niro, you you know this from Jump. It's set up that his code, if you can't get out in 30 minutes, like uh, that entire code, or 30, uh, 30 seconds, I mean, um, as soon as he goes back on his own code, you know it's over for him. And anytime you see like any heist movie now, any action movie now, it's shot similarly, Again, they have to remaster it Because it is um, The sound, the score Is 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 Pulse pounding um, So from a heist If we're talking about A heist movie Again, I love Ocean's Eleven But I'm going to have to go with heat and I have to go with heat Linda, uh, I, I, I Look Sorry. at me
0: Look at me Look at me
2: I know Leonard's like, why did I ask this fool to come back? Uh, no, this is no, great. No, you no, gave an
0: incredible, no. you gave a new, you gave a, you gave a well thought out response. Leonard's going to be salty, but don't let it affect you. You, you picked, I think the correct choice. And, Leonard, you got it. I got to watch. I get to appreciate dead presidents. Everybody yes. wins here, except for you, of course. Except you lost. For me. But I've, everybody else wins. <laughs> you know,
1: I, I've done too much winning, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> I told you I wasn't going back, Leonard. I told you I wasn't going I was expecting to lose this episode. So, Hold your hand out, Quinn. Uh, I try my best. Uh, for a second there, you made me believe that I thought I had a chance. I thought I had a chance I thought there, it could
0: I thought it could go either way. Yeah. I thought I could go either way. Your you argument was yeah. –
2: yeah, your argument was, I mean, legit. It was passionate. It was it was on point. You're absolutely right. It, to me, it has more meaning than just uh, uh, being a heist movie. Yeah, but, I get that. Yeah, that that's I, I was watching like, damn. Yeah, this is a lot of movie. <laughs> I was watching like, oh,
1: wait, wait a minute.
0: I was getting ready I'm to like, text you. I was getting ready to text yeah. you when I was watching it. I was like, an hour and 28. I haven't seen anybody <laughs> do any heisting yet. And then they started. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, this was a ton of fun, Uh, Sean. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having these two movies with us. Thank you for giving us five hours of your time to watch these movies. Uh, (laughs) My uh, pleasure to watch uh, these two. This is a great time, Leonard. I have now pulled even with the back-to-back-to-back champion. We are now two and two on the season. That's very exciting. We've got five more contests to decide who's going to be the winner. Um, I'm looking forward to that. And Leonard, do you have anything to say? Or are you just sulking? Um, uh,
1: Sean,
2: you got any (laughs) (laughs) shout-outs? Uh, uh yeah, yeah where can
0: out? people find you yeah what do you where got going on sean? You.
2: you can find me on uh instagram at the uh, letters i am sean will uh obviously uh a lot of my time goes to uh the awesome the awesome improv group lemon pepper wet you cannot like you cannot fuck with us like just just put us on any show we're gonna mm-hmm. crush it uh but yeah no uh we, but we're uh we actually perform uh, every second and fourth Monday at MI West Side Comedy, so uh, that's coming up as well as Silver Lake Lounge, and then uh, working on a couple of different independent projects as well. So, uh, yeah, but uh, follow me on Instagram, and uh, that's where I post all my stuff at, yeah. Liddy, super excited. Uh, this is a very fun episode. Thank you for having, ha-
1: thank you for being on. Uh, thank We've you. almost collected the entire uh, Lemon Pepper Wet uh, uh, stones. Yeah. <laughs> Infinity the stones. It's almost complete. <laughs> is yeah. the, the, it's almost complete. Um I ah, I was gonna say something and then I just forgot. Oh yeah. Um next next week we got a, a fun episode. It's gonna be a very interesting episode. Another a wild card prompt. So mm. um Quinn I Some hate you landlines.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I got nothing man I'll, I'll see you at the cinema Until then We're gonna hold up the cinema We're gonna, we're gonna take it out We're gonna rob it I'm, Who would I'll you guys you what, be In a heist movie Let's leave with this Who would you okay. be In a heist movie I'm the guy that drives the van Who's Who are you guys gonna be Leonard you're doing I... something You're chatting somebody up You're like Bernie Mac At the craps table Okay in, I'm not gonna uh, lie to you I am I am
1: I am the distraction I am the Yeah I, I see am you as the distraction Holding somebody up I'm like in a truck Parked across four lanes Like I can't the transmission's out. I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I really did feel the uh, Robert De Niro character, the loner, who was like trying to mm-hmm. c- control everything. I was like, damn, I, I understand that.
2: <laughs> Sean, who are yeah. you? Oh man, I'm probably going to be the uh like the Matt Damon character in Ocean's 11 where it's like, "Why didn't you tell me everything? Like, what, what's going on?" Like, I, "Oh, you you're in this Danny? What the hell?" Like, I, I would be like the, the guy they give guy, the but, least
0: information to.
2: Right, like the <laughs> idiot savant, but he's still good at his job, but you just don't give me all the just don't give me all the details cuz I will probably fuck it up. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. All right, it sounds like we need to get a couple more guys together before we knock over any banks, but uh until that time, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Leonard. Appreciate you. Go lick your wounds. We'll see you back here next week on the Film vs. Film Podcast. All
2: right.